you down with ITC? Yeah, you know me. In this corner with Brian Campbell returns with the Boxeo edition as we fill the syringe until it's prime and poised for injection with another USADA VADA disapproved dose of that performance enhancing audio the brian campbell in fact the voice that you hear and if you don't think i'm fired up on some oxy ripper right now you are fooling yourself with another loaded edition of combat audio coming your way just about ready of course to tag in my mainest of may men rafe bugs to supply another present to all those boxing fans out there big gift to people absolutely and we've got another loaded show you simply won't Want to miss? Look, we're going to preview all the big fights coming this weekend. The Danny Garcia, Sean Porter, vacant welterweight title bout Saturday night, Brooklyn, showtime. You know I'm going to be there. We are going to break that down in full detail. Hey, Superfly 3 on HBO, maybe some Euro cards, maybe some Do You Care with Rafe Boogs. A lot going on this week on the show because you know we got to recap Rye Guy, King Rye, Gar- Ryan Garcia's questionable return over the weekend on Facebook Watch with Golden Boy and the rise of another boxing folk hero. Let me say first something. We have, we, have- we have a new Rafe's favorite fighter and his name is Nico Messias. Yeah, Rafe's come to snuff the rooster. Yeah! All right, I can see that guy in his cage. He's just about ready for me to to get him in here, to, to break down the walls, if you will. But I still got him in a cage. He listens to me very well. I'm going to let him loose another round. No need for the long intro. I'm not selling you anything this week. I'm just selling you fine combat audio. Let me bring in my tag team partner for the slop fest because this is why you come. Some some call him my side piece. All right, all right, Paul. Well, Paul, I'm married. I did at least once. But, Paul, so just shut up for a and second. Then shut, yeah, up. shut up. Okay, let me bring him in. Internationally renowned author, editor, newsletter writer, Filipino TV icon. This guy's, I mean, author of The Love of Basketball, starring Omar Epps. This guy is our man and yours and protector of all things cruiserweights. <laughs> Rafe Bartholomew is back. How is it, my man? Brian, I felt like Big Red this weekend watching the new god, Nico Macias. <laughs> I mean, I felt like someone opened up my head, poured in the red juice, pulled the string, and just spun me. Or I was losing it, man. I don't know if we Ooh, want to jump everywhere. directly into that. But, the, I mean, the walls of my house were just sprayed. There, I, I was blowing L's. It was wild, oh, man. Wow. Wow. I mean, oh, you're not even touching L's, bro. Uh, I don't even know where to go next from that. It's like from the lip to the cub. Floyd, there's a long way from the lip to the cub. I'm sure you don't understand what that means. Look, weeks later, I still don't understand what that means. But I do get your big one for Nico. We're going to get to that very shortly. But speaking of big ones, Rafe, I received a, a big book in the mail, and it was your new project that I teased earlier. I'm fired up about a quarter of the way into this oral history that you're a part of. We know we got a lot of crossover NBA fans on this Boxeo pod. You want to give one more plug to this 
hot and fresh and ready basketball book that's out there? Absolutely. You know what? There's one, and I, I'll try and tailor it a little bit for this boxing audience. Uh, so the book is called Basketball, The Love Story. It is now going to be out in just two weeks, September 18th, uh, just shortly after of the millennium century of the 2000 to the max, Triple G versus Canelo 2. But anyway, Basketball, A Love Story, September 18th, uh, a big old about 500-page oral history book based off of around 170 interviews with big names in basketball. So basically from Bill Russell to LeBron James, everybody in between, Coach K, Billy Packer, you name it, he, there's a good chance that person is in there. You think Scottie Packer is a jacker by any chance? Packer does not jack. He is not a jacker, okay? Don't you dare. Come, come, no, 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 no. Don't do it. No, 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 no. Bronze Bomber, you game. Um, yeah, I'm loving this book so far, Rafe. I mean, they got, you guys got everybody. Like, you're not fooling around here. I mean, you got, you got everybody. This is like the history of the world through the lens of basketball, part one. It is very close to, it's about as close as you could get to that. The, uh, the director of the ESPN film that it's attached to, which is also called Basketball, a love story, Dan Clores, he basically pulled strings, every string he had, he could find. He jerked it. He yanked it. He pulled it. And got interviews with an incredible list of people. And then it's like they dropped the Dead Sea Scrolls of a sport on myself and Jackie McMullen and said, hey, guys, jump in here, pull the book out. So it was it was a real big privilege, very special. I wanted to mention the one boxing tie-in. There's a cool story in there about the 1964 Olympics, I believe. Oh, no, no, no. 1968 because it's Spencer Haywood talking and he's and he mentions who which American athlete he became best friends with during the Olympic Games in the Olympic Village and it ended up being none other than Big George Foreman and he's like we're both two big young guys and all we like to do is eat uh so there's a funny there's some funny weird boxing crossovers during the Olympic sections because the American athletes were mingling. You know, Jerry West was at the same Olympics as Muhammad Ali or as Cassius Clay back then. So there's a lot of weird little tie-ins like that. But nice, nice, nice set of tidbits there. You got a nice set of tidbits on your Rafe. And speaking of those manly tidbits, we've, you know, we've gotten some uh, gypsy motivation last week from Tyson Fury, from Big John Fury. I know we've talked about your ongoing battle with soda. So I've got one more little bit of uh, gypsy motivation from BJS. Maybe it's time for you to... Get, get a scoop of that Oxy Ripper nutrition that I'm talking about here from, from Team Badu can and maybe, you know, get into shape. It makes me feel damn good because I tell you what, most of the haters are going to become lovers, and you are as well one day, my friend. And stay off the pies. Because <laughs> you can't get naked in front of a woman looking like that. Rafe? I... He's right. Stay off the look. When he says pies, does he mean pie in the Alex Leah pie? Shannon break sense. Because you're gonna need saying, my man. You're gonna need more than pies. You're gonna need about five or six more than pies. I'm talking. Yeah, to you got it. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry, champ. You're probably watching. So yeah, you yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, champ. I'm talking to this man like I'm talking to this man. No, but the gypsies they've been they've been right before on the show, and I think we combine the soda with the pies. I know I'm getting in shape because of that oxy ripper nutrition. Maybe it's time you and I go, you know, go into some some battle here of who can get to that six pack first. You know what I'm saying? Oh, are we trying to do some sort of fitness challenge here on the ITC? I like the, that. I like the that boxing idea. beat fitness challenge. I think we're going to be a little. We got a head start on the guy who hosts that show. 
We can see who gets to that six-pack first, and I don't mean this six-pack. The question now is how many beers will Nico and his brothers and his father and maybe his sister have tonight in celebration? I don't think Nico does anything half-ass. Hey, speak of that for a proper transition, Rafe, we should get into the weekend recap. But but still, seriously, folks, buy the book for love of Rafe and basketball. Buy it. Stay off the pies. Get me off the soda. Uh, This weekend, we found another boxing folk hero. Let's not bury the lead. Let's not talk to you about Ryan Garcia. We want to talk to you about that co-main event, Golden Boy. Hey, this new idea, this new Facebook watch, I sort of laughed at it at first, Rafe. I'm like, well, is this the same thing as that deal they had with ESPN where they were doing like bootleg Friday night fights level cards for essentially free? They weren't, they weren't really getting paid by ESPN. Now they're putting on the product themselves on Facebook, but this is becoming a, a must see TV. This is like a hell of a watch and we got a new hero. How do we say this? Nico Macias? Is that how we're pronouncing it? Look, I don't know exactly how he pronounces it. I think we're going with Nico Macias or Macias or they, they were doing it a little bit of a anglicized pronunciation on the broadcast. Certainly we know Mario Lopez is Spanish is native speaking. So he, he's not going to mess anything up. Macias, Macias, I think time will tell. Does that really matter, Brian? Because have you ever seen anything like that? I mean, oh that was God. so, oh my God. This is like uh mixing Ruslan Provodnikov with like a the bootleg fifth member of like a failed boy band and they got everybody in the room together and did everything that was bad with boxing and then Nico Macias walked out of the of of the womb like I never heard of this guy before I don't think you did either 27 years old nicknamed the rooster he has an absolutely obscene like how do you pre- even describe that haircut it's kind of like a mullet party on the top uh, business on top party in the back yet the sides are shaved and then shout out to like Ponce de Leon and your boy from uh from uh you know that guy the guy that fought Donair that we all hate oh yeah Narvaez Narvaez not one rat tail but two rat tails that got a call out from both the referee and Todd Grisham on the on the on the broadcast and already Ray Corona saying you gotta tie up those rat tails Put them together or something. Can't have that flopping in the wind in here, so they get take. You can't. You can't have that flopping in the wind in the middle. You know, in the middle of a boxing match. I mean, I know Radio Raheem would like you to let that s out, but Rafe, I have never seen something like this guy, which is essentially a southpaw who squares up completely from the opening bell, comes rushing at you like it's a tough man contest somewhere in Appalachia. And then just uncorks. Remember that guy Sucro Ray Oliveira from like Friday Night Fights Prime like ten years ago? He I, was. I, I don't remember that guy. He was at all. a little bit like that, where he would always threaten the CompuBox records for his weight class each time. But this guy, the junior middleweight, the Rooster, is like doubling the CompuBox records and just unloading the whole fight. You want to talk about Load Watch 2018? This guy, Ray, the whole fight. This guy is trying to shoot. Some the whole fight, Rave. You know, I mean, if anyone he you 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 watch him, you're like, put this man on load watch immediately. He should be except except he never shoots it. He, he's amazing. It, it was amazing to watch the the double rat tail is like the double kebab of hairdos. We just have to put it out there. <laughs> he's he thought to himself, I would like not one, but not, if if I cannot get 
If I cannot get the double kebab, I will get the, the two rat tails, and then I'll tie them, I'll braid them together, and I'll eat double rat tail. Um, <laughs> speaking of double rat tail, let's let's leave SSR out of this. But uh, yo, man, the guy and the the smile, the insane smile that Macias comes out and during every moment, during the during the stare down, during the weigh in, when he's when he is squaring up and sort of doing the fast shuffle forward at his opponent to start doing weird little arm punches while he's getting warmed up, the that that smile is so unsettling. Imagine having to be in a ring with that guy. Imagine having to be in a room with that guy. He seems very charming, but having to fight someone with that demeanor, I, we, we don't know. We're not fighters. But good God, that cannot feel normal, right? That is some weird stuff to deal with. Uh, talk about a mind f. He's just he's he's touching everything. He's, he's trying like, oh to God. bang your mind, Rafe. And you know, Grish did call out something that was part of his youth at the opening bell. I don't know if you heard this. Him and his brother used to bang it out all the time. Now you. I mean, Rafe, you know, I mean, that that's that's the life that they lived essentially growing up. It was basically. Bang, bang. I mean, most guys with their brothers, you know, they're not doing it. But for these guys, we, we, we gotta bang them. And that's what happened. That's how we got the rooster. I mean, this guy bangs Rave. Yeah, the, and I also found it somewhat revealing when they talked a little bit about the family background. This is born in Lancaster, California, in the Antelope Valley. Now they live in Tehachapi, which is this mountain town. It's sort of almost. nearly equidistant between the cities of Bakersfield, Lancaster, and Barstow. And these are all desert towns that the coastal elites of California look at as like the buttholes of the state. So this is the butthole in the middle of the other three buttholes. And this is sort of like the Macias, I mean, and I mean this Somehow, this is not going to sound like a compliment, but I honestly mean this. It makes him my, maybe my favorite new character in boxing. He comes off like the, you know, the nice member of the cannibal family in a horror movie. <laughs> you know, he's the one that saves you in the end from his uncles who are about to eat you for dinner. And he's, he's like, run away, run away. You know? This guy's uh, unreal. So he's 27. He's 17 and 0 now with 10 KOs. I've never heard of him. I'd love to find out anybody who actually had. He fought an 8 and 0 Marvin Cabrera and stopped him on a stool after about seven or eight rounds. Like you remember the famous call out from Freddie Roach between rounds in Oscar De La Hoya, Manny Pacquiao, of course. He can't handle your speed, son. Uh, Nico's trainer must be like, he can't handle your wang, son, because you're here to bang, bro. These, this, the bang bros. The, you remember the bash bros? These are the bang bros. They interviewed his brother, and he's like, you know, during the fight, and they're like, you know, I, I don't think the other guy's going to last another, you know, couple rounds, and he was right. It wasn't like one punch ruined this Cabrera guy. It was just like he ate. 5,000 shots in about four rounds. I mean, this guy, Nico was landing like, what, 100-something punches per round, right? Or attempting. I don't even know. Like, the numbers were out of control. He got over 200 thrown in some of the later rounds in five and six. And right, uh, he's was... fully squaring up and taking and just <laughs> absorbing I, shots. You never see a boxer just come in that square. It was crazy. And it's, But the thing, he just smothers, right? He gets by the – if he if, – if, 
he, you allow him to get his head on into that neck, chest, upper chest area of the opponent, then he's at his distance and, and the, and he's just moving his arms too much for the other guy to sneak anything else in. Uh, it was, I, I really haven't seen anything like it. It was delightful. It made my entire weekend. All right. To add to the delight of what Nico Macias did in this co-main event, and really we 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 urge all of our listeners, if you haven't met this folk era, to go back on the Facebook Watch on the Golden Boy page and watch this. But this broadcast went from the idea of it being a little cringeworthy to me. You know, it's still to put fights on Facebook only still like it's new school, but it's still a little bit desperate in theory at this point in the spread out world of boxing, uh, you know, rights and, and TV deals and all that. But this broadcast is really starting to win me over with the ridiculousness. So we have this sideline reporter, Roxy, who, of course, you're going to get a lot of that from people. I'm sure Oscar, when he signed her, was definitely thinking, all the way. What's her last name? Is it Roxy, Roxy Diaz? Diaz? So they have this gimmick because it's on Facebook and they're making it user friendly. So during the entire fight and between rounds, people are just flooding in Facebook uh messages. Now, this isn't the first time on a boxing broadcast. Like Showtime's rolled out the tweets at the bottom and it's always been a little awkward to hear somebody like Al Bernstein who probably still doesn't understand how to use Twitter read them. But what I love about Golden Boy here is they're just oh, grabbing ridiculous. Excuse me, excuse me, uh, Brian. Do not be rude to Al Bernstein. <laughs> we all remember <laughs> the kind of videos he likes on oh, uh, wow. on Twitter. Wow. Yeah, great call on that. Him and Dan Raphael like the hashtag. Never forget on that. But uh, my point is, Golden Boy's pulling out like ridiculous drunken messages on Facebook. So after the first round, when we're all like, "Who the hell is this rooster guy?" We go to Roxy. Outside the ring, standing up in front of this big screen, and she's just pulling tweets left and right, or pulling uh, Facebook messages. I mean, this is like, this went from ridiculous to like, I kind of want my boxing like this. Like, there was something about Teddy Atlas on Friday Night Fights that we all became addicted to, right? Like, love or hate him, we all kept turning back to crap boxing each week, which for the average, that's what Friday Night Fights was, because we got Teddy doing ridiculous things, telling women essentially to go back to the kitchen. That woman judge who had it even, please. I mean, you know, we, we you know, those ridiculous comparisons he would make. Oh, it was a Volkswagen against a Ferrari, and the guy driving the Volkswagen was a bad driver. But this brings back that same level of fun. And you sent me a message that was essentially, you know what? Call me crazy, but Todd Grisham and AC Slater might be the best bo- broadcasting team in boxing right now. And of course, I like laughed at you right away. And then I was like, holy crap, that's brilliant. I think you nailed it, Ray. I, I'm not even kidding that much when I say it. You gotta listen to me when I tell you, Brian. I know this game. I'm calling the shots. You hear me? Uh, yeah, you're right. You're damn right. Jump over the hood of a, of a car and kick t- uh, Burbeck in the face. You're damn right. <laughs> no, because it's, it's, and it's funny because Especially after the first broadcast, Grisham got a little bit of flack. I know some of the more, the, the boxing fans who carry themselves more seriously and probably have long since abandoned listening to our podcast, uh, do not always appreciate, you know, so Grisham coming off a little bit as doing a, a little bit of a, 
Amoro Ronaldo act, getting really amped at times, you know, doing the booming voice kind of stuff. Uh, I, and of course, he comes with that wrestling background, which I'm sure you appreciate. Uh, but you know, look, I liked it, and Slater is a pretty is a, comes off to me as a smart analyst. Yo, he's, he's good. He's funny. I, he plays along well. You want to hate him, but he's pro, good. Right? It's like having Ryan Seacrest, except he knows boxing because I mean, he's been doing Entertainment Weekly or Access Tonight, whatever the heck he hosts. I mean, this is Mario Lopez, man. Dude, here's the thing: like, we all love Mario Lopez from Saved by the Bell, but I met him a couple times in person. Not met him one on one, but been around him in the boxing world, and he comes across like a arrogant jerk. To be honest with you, I'd love to meet him have that proved wrong but when he comes on the screen i'm sure a lot of boxing fans are like this we're not sure if we want to openly accept him or if we want to be leery he won me over like he's got i know he's been doing this for a while in different forms but in this version of him he's pretty dead on with his analysis he's really confident he's funny he plays off of some of grisham's ridiculousness in a good way like greatly this duo look some say we would we meaning you and me the ropes podcast on grantland the rope Snapchat show in this corner with with uh, Rafe Bartholomew. We've been ahead of the game on just embracing the Twitter side of boxing, the ridiculousness, the cornhole Argentine fan after Chavez Bradley, the flute player before Floyd Maidana won. This is the crap we live for. We don't love it. We live for it, Rafe. I think Golden Boy is kind of tapping into that here, and it's and it's working for me. It's fantastic. Did you hear? That somewhat awkward moment during the Nico Macias interview with Roxy at the end. Speaking of our guy Grish. I did, and it, it makes me just hope that for the long-term future of this broadcast team that we're now talking ourselves into, Grish keeps it professional because Roxy sounded like she was subtweeting a little bit on air. Last but not least, I've been getting bullied all night long from uh, one of our guys, top right there with the white. Can you just give him that smile? Congratulations. Thank you. I think we need to go drink some Blue Ribbon or Bush Light with the rooster tonight. And I'll tell you this, Mario, I've been blessed to be able to travel the world. I've called thousands of fights in a lot of different combat sports. What we saw tonight was truly unique and truly special. A star was literally born right before our eyes. In that whole sequence I just played you, like five different things happened, and I, I think I loved it all. Like she called him out for being kind of quasi-sexist in some of his comments on the air earlier. And, like, it was kind of fun. They played it well. They, they, it, it worked. And, and then Grish turned around and, and kept the show moving. Look, uh, it's a, it, it's working. It's working. And I want, you know what? My, I'm calling on our boxing Twitter heads, our boxing heads out here. Let's get, let's go, let's get into this. I know that it would be great if it were, if it were on Twitter where we're already there. We, we're just ready. We're primed and ready to go. You know, you, we're already out the cage on Twitter, but come on, James Bag Jr., Dick Hercules, rat catcher, all of the greats of boxing <laughs> Twitter. Gotta get, open up some Facebook accounts and get into those messages. Remember, cause go back to the glory days of Grisham on Friday night fights with Teddy. Some of the crazy, pictures and memes that they were tweeting at them during the broadcast with the with the hashtags uh i feel like there's a lot of there's still so much potential for that kind of ridiculousness 
to enter these Facebook Golden Boy broadcasts. And and th- why not? Let it happen. Let Open the floodgates. And, you know, you look at some of the teams out there. So, look, we all love the classic team of, of Lampley. And Merch is not there anymore. But Max is sort of doing his own thing. And you usually get a pro fighter with that Roy who's who's really fantastic at this point of his career. And I think sometimes we over-love them because HBO makes – this sloppy, gross sport feel like we can put on a, a tux once a year and, and treat it like it's, you know, tennis or something. They, they give you a Wimbledon feel, Rafe, if you will. It's a boxing. And sometimes we get caught up in that and we're like, yeah, this is our sport. It's great. Really, this sport is a bunch of slop, Rafe. And that's why we love it because it's extra sloppy. They know what we like. They give it to us. They know we like it extra sloppy. And that's why we get it, Rafe. Only if I could find the damn button. The soundboard is out of control, Rafe. I'm sure people can pick up on that already. I don't know where anything is at any point. Anyway, but, you know, ESPN, I like some of it, but Joe Tess and Kriegs and Bradley sometimes veer too much into that. We're trying to sell you something. We're smarter than you. We really want you to embrace a father and son relationship here. And sometimes they miss the mark. And Showtime's, by the way, because I'm a pro-moral guy, Showtime's team is fantastic. But even Showtime's team doesn't have as much fun as AC Slater and my man Grisher having. So I'm kind of I'm kind of with you right now. It let, don't ruin this. Let I'm Facebook Watch is becoming a thing for me. I want to watch it. I don't care what crappy what, roll out Alfonso Gomez. Just keep giving me some washed crap. By the way, real quick to close before we get to Ryan Garcia, Nico Macy's is an unbeaten junior middleweight. Is there like a faded welterweight we can match him with for some like beautiful disaster of a slop fight? Okay, I'm, I'm thinking here. You know, I mean. This this is this sounds a little bit crazy, and he's been in the news for other reasons. I doubt he wants this fight, but if uh, if Oscar wanted to make a splash and throw some huge bucks into it, I, I it's probably it's definitely impossible. Shoot, Kell Brook. Get the, Kel, what, what is this JoJo Dan party <laughs> at the Igloo? I'm not trying We're to get. I'm way, not trying man. to get oh. Nico Macias killed. I'm thinking of a washed slop guy that we can make a fun main event against. Look, Nico ain't good, Rafe. There's a reason he walks into traffic squared up because he can't punch. So, like, this is, you know, come on. I'm talking about, like, some 47-year-old guy. I'm talking about some, like, Kimbo Slice Tank Abbott level matchmaking okay, here. So Don't... you want, so you want, you want, uh, you basically want Margarito or something. Yes, yes, please. But, it, but I, it can't be a big guy. It's got, basically got to be a small, a washed smaller weight guy. You don't think at this point in Margarito's career that, Nick, that Nico Macias would have a chance against him? If he can't beat you know, one-eyed Margarito. Margarito's uh, too big, though. That's that's the thing. Like, I'm talking about, like, I'm on being honest here, Jose Luis Castillo. What, how old is he? What's the last time he was in the ring? Lord. He's 44. He's probably he, – let's do a bet right now. Do you think he's fought in the last year? Um, You know who is fighting around those weights? I'm sorry. Is uh, Chop Chop Corley is still out that's, there that, doing the journey? He might route. be too good, though. He might actually be too good. He's got Dude, like 37 you gotta, you gotta, losses. You got to let Nico fight at some point in time. By the way, Luis, Jose Luis Castillo hasn't fought since they brutally allowed him to face Provodnikov in Moscow in 2014. Remember that? Remember that? Awful I, I do. I mean, that was on the, the fame. Wasn't that the famous Mickey Rourke oh, card as well? God, that was a deb- Buckle. How do we forget that? How do we just let that go? Like, oh, yeah, it's boxing. That's I haven't fine. forgotten. <laughs> oh, my Lord. All right, we got to get out of this uh, Facebook watch thing. And it, it was the main event. It was Ryan Garcia. Look, I was, it was great to have him on last week. He kind of entered load watch territory for us real briefly last week. And then I take advantage. And then when I shoot my shot, it, I shoot, you know, for the KO. 
So we, he thought, and we thought he was talking about boxing. Apparently, he was just talking about his life with the women in the DMs. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest with you. It goes down in the DMs. I mean, he, <laughs> this guy calls it. He shoots his shot in the DMs. He didn't really shoot his shot so well in this fight, Rafe. In the end, a majority decision over Carlos Morales, the rugged, the rugged opponent in this case. Rye guy really got a lot of haters on Twitter being like, see, told you, pushed him too fast, he sucks, blah, blah, blah. Give me a sober take on what we saw to Ryan Garcia on Saturday night in the main event. Just 20 years old. 20 years old like a week ago, by the way, Rafe. The sober take is that he won. I think he deserved to win. I, I think that he faded a little bit. He got into a little bit of trouble, but not serious trouble late in the fight. And, he, you know, he dominated the first six rounds, probably did enough to nick one of the last four. And that's about it. He does, but he, but the, but, but it is alarming that a guy who is this hyped, who was a 2017 ESPN prospect of the year, who, whose fame is already so far ahead of his ability, uh, makes it that, that he can't do better with, with, with this opponent. Now, you know, never been stopped, uh, and, and had fought at a near championship level, but you, we can tell he's not an, it was not an elite level opponent. And Garcia did not look great against no. him. And who is he going to look great against then? How how do you advance his career from here? I, I don't – I mean there there must be matchmakers who know how to do this. Maybe that would be interesting if we ever get somebody, a neutral, ma- neutral-ish matchmaker on the show, a Jolene Mazzone type. Shout out to the main events crew. Hoy, hoy. Uh, you know, someone to kind of say, all right, you got this guy who has hand speed, potential, good looks – is already insta famous. How do you protect him without making it look embarrassing for the next couple of years, and then also turn him into that uh, an actually championship level fighter? I don't know if it's possible, but so they got to try, right? Yeah, this was a backward step, right? Straight up, this made it look like you don't want to push him this hard and put him in main events and put him in with Javante Davis, like within the end of the next twelve months, which is kind of what the Oscar's talking and Ryan Garcia's talking about. It's just weird, though. Like in May against Jason Velez, we talked about it ahead of time. Are they moving him too quick? Velez is a rugged veteran. In in the end, I thought Garcia looked like a real fighter, but after this Carlos Morales fight, here's what I thought Garcia looked like: earrings, with the flesh and flesh. The men want to be actually want to be. Oh no, that's too harsh. That's too hard. No, but seriously, like that's. I'm not saying you should finish here, but I'm saying like you got to go back and and reinvest in the cardio, reinvest in the rounds you put in, in in practice. Like you're right, Carlos Morales was tough, but he's not a world beater. He was rugged. He did some things well. He certainly emptied Garcia's gas tank. But you wonder if this is a one blip on the radar. That we'll forget about, and Garcia learns a tough lesson from it. Maybe he didn't train as hard this fight, whatever. Or if this was the beginning of of a little bit of exposure, like that light seeped through. The dam broke open, Rafe. The damn dam broke open. Now it's leaking a little bit. Well, not just that, Brian, but this is two fights in a row where he's fought guys who... You at at the level that he's expected to eventually arrive at as a fighter, he should be washing those guys. He should be, you know, if Carlos Morales is very tough and and doesn't get knocked out, then fine. You you can't knock every some guys just don't get knocked out. However, you got to look better against him. You got to really really dominate. I thought I thought Garcia looked good for the first half of the fight. It was much quicker and and basically you know won those easily but then after that it, it he 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 had some rough moments in there and 
Jason Velez has not had a good run in the past, how, what, two, three years. So to, to not be able to look good against those guys is very concerning. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. Rye guy was standing too straight up with his chin mm-hmm. out. I mean, he was getting, you know, if, if Morales had been a big puncher, this could have been one of those, uh, Amir Khan, brightest Prescott moments, Rafe. It's true. I mean, shoot. Where's Prescott? Bring him out there. See what he, he's, he's still fighting. He's, Ooh. he's d- near the, near the end of the rope, but, uh. Give me brightest Prescott against the rooster, right? Eh? That's sort of the perfect guy who's probably, I bet you Prescott's been fighting at welterweight lately when he's really like a, what, like a 130 guy in his prime? I think he has been up in the 140, 147 range. I, I, and I know he got 34. knocked out recently. He's 35. How is Prescott only 35? He fought August 18th. He just got knocked out like last week, Rafe. This guy's still That's... fighting. The yo, I mean, he needs that, needs that money. I think that, I think we just booked it. I think that's the fight. Uh, so yeah, that's the, I mean, look, we, you can't hold it all against, uh, against Ryan Garcia. Ryan Garcia, but the next fight, I think it's, it's become must watch. We got to see, you know, if that did anything to his confidence, Rafe. That's all I'm going to say. All right. To close the weekend recap, there was that cruiserweight soft fest and you are the protector of all things cruiserweight. I didn't even look up the result. But Tommy Ustaisen and Tabisco Munchuno in South Africa, what happened? Give give our so, listeners the update here. Yeah, yeah. So Tommy Gunn won. He got a decision. Uh, I've only watched the first four rounds or so of this fight. I actually think that uh, through the first third of the fight, Munchuno looks like he's doing better. Uh, but it's a bad – It's if you wanted to get a, a style matchup that doesn't – that doesn't do well for Tabisu Umchuno, who's sort of an, uh, not a high activity, not a high out punch, but it's a slick, good defensive counter puncher against a guy who is almost a foot taller than him and doesn't, and has a decent jab, actually boxes and moves fairly well for like a 6'4 guy. Uh, it's, it's, a, it, it's easy to see how judges, whether it was, uh, kind of a thing, if it, whether, whether it was a setup to, to get Tommy Gunn a win or, just judges seeing it a certain way, judges seeing that jab and seeing the activity and the movement and thinking, oh, that's better than to be so landing one or two really nice clean counter shots per round. It's that kind of fight. Not a super fun fight, but, you know, for me, I, I got to get in there and, and just get all the cruiserweights I can get. And they're talking about now Tommy Gunn facing the other younger uh, South African cruiserweight Kevin Lorena uh who who had a uh, a win earlier this year against a guy a, a Ukrainian guy with just the perfect name too bad he's not that good Roman Golovashchenko so he is wow a mashup of Roman Gonzalez Gennady Golovkin and Vasil Lomachenko unfortunately wow. only his name reflects those fighters his 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 abilities in the ring don't Chocolo Crapo, that guy's the best. Uh, big dump for people. Yeah, that guy's fantastic. By the way, that's so low down the boxing food chain for you to have watched this fight, know what happened, and know who they may match him with next. Rafe, you really do blow me away. Subscribe to the Respect Box newsletter at Rafe Boogs on Twitter for more deep dives into the dark, dark, untelevised world of Boxeo. I respect box. That's absolutely true. All right, we got to get into the latest news of the week before we preview what really turned into a loaded weekend. I, I kind of was ignorantly thought it was just Garcia Porter. And then I went down the uh, Do You Care rundown. I'm like, oh, oh, hey, oh, oh, yeah, oh, I, I, I care about that, let alone Rafe. I actually care about that. But we don't talk a lot of politics on this show, Rafe. So people, rightfully so, people 
shouldn't expect from us a long breakdown on Colin Kaepernick's Nike deal or uh, or uh, John Rich's reaction on Twitter. But we did want to check in with Angel Garcia. I mean, it's a big week for him and get his take on life, social issues. And, you know, we don't endorse his stance from the show or CBS Sports, but we did want to hear from Angel. If I heard the word hypnotism, I heard the word conspiracy. I was halfway in on some of the stuff he said. Then he kind of went deep into left field. Uh, do you have any analysis here on, on the Birdman's uh, breakdown of, of social? Media? I also appreciated the secret society lines. Yeah, it was it was quite a turn because he, he starts off talking about you know, school shootings and pretty somber, serious stuff. And you think that he's going to going in the direction of gun control. But no, 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 no. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Turn that around. Exactly. Yeah. Turn it around. He is actually talking about protecting gun owners' rights and whatever. However, he wants to play it. That's cool. I don't know what the he's he's not wrong. He's not wrong that really government is organized violence. It's we the the people sort of entrust a government either by force or by contract to enforce the the the, the, the laws of the country and sometimes by force. So he's 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 not wrong. But it's an interesting way to express it. Yeah, our country was founded on 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 missiles and money and power. First, you get the money, then you get the missiles, then you get the respect, Rafe. And hey, did you? Speaking of Angel, I got a couple leftover sound. Do you believe in Beja Vu by any chance? Did you see that sit down interview Showtime did with uh, Angel and Kenny Porter? I don't know because you know what it is. Sometimes you know when you have Beja Vu. You know, am I saying pronouncing it? Because I'm Latino, so I may pronounce words. Beja Vu. What you guys just said. I get it. So that's because you dream and you can't bring your dreams back with you. You went into the future because if you bring it back, you won't go out because you know the day you want to end. Adios, amigo. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to give you some knowledge now. I got to give you some Einstein. That was deep. What is going through Jim Gray's head when he's breaking down Beja Vu and you can't take your dreams with you, Rafe? He's thinking Angel's giving me some Einstein right here. Well, did you see the end of that interview where Kenny Porter stands up, <laughs> rips so he he basically pulls a Radio Rahim essentially, and is you know is like, let me uh, let me find that sound button there. Wow, this he is says that he audio. bought a a Danny Swift Garcia T shirt, uh, and he's got it on under his suit. Kenny Porter has, and then he, and he starts ripped, to take it off. Then he ripped that suit off. <laughs> Show everyone your S. And then he rips it off, and it says DSG on there. But what what did it actually say? Do you know? I just know that it says something about Porter beating DSG. Yeah, yeah, it was something like that. And then Kenny Porter, who's really, you know, from the lift to the cup, he's really a slick dude who gets it, gives us this at the close. Oh, you set me up. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I don't get caught up in the deja vu. No, it's not deja vu. It's deja vu. <laughs> vu, vu. 
Whatever the fuck you call that. Yes, it got caught up in the deja vu. That's just great audio there, Rafe. I that, that whole interview with Jim Gray was pretty, pretty good stuff. Any, any long form sit down, uh, encounter with, with Angel Garcia is gonna bring you some goodness. And I, I, I also couldn't help notice that there was a, uh, Jim Gray decided, chose to spend about five minutes of the interview just hammering Kenny Porter over his decision <laughs> to jump in the ring with, or to allow Sean to jump in the ring after uh, Danny Garcia's win over Brandon Rios earlier this year. Of course, when when Jim Gray was so offended that they would try such an act in the sanctity of this church of boxing. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and Gray was just determined to get to the bottom of it. He's like, he's not he's not letting Kenny Porter off the hook. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. This is Danny's moment. This is Danny's moment. All right, Rafe, we're 40 minutes in. We're, we're way off the rails. But uh, WBSS Cruiserweight Season 2, have they released any of the names yet? You fired up for this yet? They have, and I have to. They finally have. Congratulations, I have to say, to Cal Sauerland and the World Boxing Super Series crew because they have finally managed to reach the bottom of the cruiserweight well for me. There are guys here <laughs> who I have no clue who they are. Um, of course, the, 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 the headlines, the good news, uh, is that we've got Myris Briedis and, uh, Junior, the Dorito man, you know, Cool Ranch Dorticos are back, the first and second seeds in this new tournament. And so, Shoot, they were they were really good, strong semifinalists in the first round, and you know I'm excited to see how they bounce back in the second round. Also got our guy Christoph Glowatsky finally coming back. Uh, you know, uh, a guy who was an alternate probably, arguably should have gotten Mike Perez's shot in the first tournament, so he's back in this one. So those are the big names. We got Andrew Tabidi, the Floyd Mayweather fighter, who we've really only seen against Steve Cunningham on the McGregor undercard. Uh, isn't, I'm not very excited about him, but this will give us a chance to get excited about him. And then we get into the who? Uh, There's guys who I'm sort who? of familiar with. Like, I've seen their names, the Polish fighter, Mateusz Masternak, and the the Russian guy, Maxim Vlasov. I've heard of them, haven't really watched so much. And then these other two guys, the fourth seed, Ruslan Pfeiffer, a Russian fighter. I've never heard of this model. I don't know who that dude is. And then there's, and then Briatis in his first, in his quarterfinal faces a German guy named Noel Mikelian. Where are they getting these guys? I don't know. One of them, one of them, I don't even know what, I'm looking at the, the image they put up on Twitter. And the guy behind Andrew Tabidi to his right looks a little bit like a, a swole Michael Gluckstadt from HBO, the, yes. the, the famed great producer of the HBO Boxing prod, Podcast and just runs a lot of the HBO sports stuff. Great behind-the-scenes boxing guy. I don't know what well, that means. I hope haven't heard of Joe Gluck, guys. he does not want that smoke in this tournament. No, no, but no, 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 no. Uh, it could be just fighting under a different name, like uh, Ruslan Pfeiffer. I mean, if you haven't heard of these guys and Abel Sanchez hasn't heard of these guys. Who the hell is that? <laughs> I knew he was going to say that. No, those are YouTubers. Oh, I don't know who those guys are. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not on YouTube. I'm not on YouTube. I've never heard of any of these guys, Rafe. This is great. Hey, I like to see Tabidi in these type of fights, so that's fine. But, of course, it's a lot of against two, against two, against two. All right, Rafe, I'll tune in maybe. Is that going to be a DAZN project? I'll tune into that. I got I got I'm, I'm, so. I'm about ready to jump into DAZN. Are you? Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, who? 
it's got some weird stuff going on. Uh, Billy Joe Saunders and Demetrius Andrade, they kind of sold me with Andrade's yes. pirate outfit at the, at the Boston open press conference, open air press conference. And then both of them holding the microphones, doing a little bit of the, the poor man's, uh, Mayweather McGregor acts, you know, going back and forth. Uh, and uh, so, and, and the whole DAZN pro, I mean, the, the, the connection with the WBSS probably is the major selling point for DAZN right now for me more than Matchroom USA's stuff, but we'll see where they go. All right, Rafe. Also in the news is the Sergio Martinez thing is not going away. Our champion, your champion, he's ripped. I mean, again, shout out to my friends at Team Badu Jack, Ripper Nutrition. Guys, that powder, by the way, is getting me to the weight bench every single morning. Your boy BC is getting ready. I got the Oxy Ripper before the workout. I got the post-workout powder. I am fired up. I'm wondering if Maravilla is also messing with that stuff, Rafe, because he's friggin' ripped at 43. I'm, I bought him completely. I'm not worried about his knee. I'm not worried about his brain. I'm only worried about entertainment. Rafe, let's get serious here. Is it going to be Chavez Jr.? What's the fight that gets you all hell kind of fired up if we stumble into a, a boxing scene headline that says Hooker colon Martinez coming back? Oh wait, that would, they, they would never go together in the same headline, would they? Go ahead, Rafe, it's on you. Well, I don't know. I, don't, I mean, the way Ludabella used to talk about Pride Maravilla, he, he was, he was pulling all kinds of ladies. Uh, but, uh, geez, Brian, look, I'm all for it. I, I'm a little suspicious. You know, it has me wondering maybe the loophole in this whole Vada Yusada Wada game, the whole, uh, anti-doping, um, efforts that boxing undertakes to keep it a clean sport maybe the loophole is just to retire and then do what you got to do for a certain period of time come back looking like a million bucks best shape of your life and you're ready to go i don't know that may just be we'll see if andre ward comes out from retirement looking like a marvel superhero we'll know we'll know something fishy is going on i don't think Ward would do that but still uh, who would i want to see look that used the chavez fight would be awesome the problem is Chavez is so unreliable. You know, you just know that Chavez, if you get him involved, you're going to make the fight at 168 or something. What happens? He can't make it. All of a sudden, you're you're fighting Brian Vera at 173. You got Chavez weight classes. So I say we bring back another guy out of retirement, Brian. You know what I want. You know what I want. You know, he wants back in the ring, too. He's teased it before. I want the golden boy himself. I want no. two washed pretty boys going for glory. De La Hoya Martinez, 2019. Get in shape, Oscar. It's time. Wow, dude. That would get me all kinds of fired up. But that would get Oscar hurt, bro. You know, what is Oscar, like 45? That's going to get the brother hurt. Martinez is 43. hasn't fought. We don't even know if he has a knee. Oh, my God. That would be so friggin' fire. I'd be, so, I'd be more excited about that fight than... Any, I mean, Fury Wilder is pretty high on my list, but yeah, I like that's how that's who I am. That's who I am, Rafe. All right, Bro, I thought you were gonna point, go like Margarito and Gulo, and I'm like, eh, nah, yeah, like I'd watch it, I'd love it too, but nah, it doesn't fire me up. Oscar Sergio, that's like senior division. That's my stuff. That's hashtag old guy fights. Yo, that's my jam. That's like when that song comes on in the club, you know, and you're like, you know what I'm talking about? I mean, like, yeah, that's terrible, man. like, oh, hot damn, yeah, that's my hot jam, damn. you know. Um, Low Rider, whoever it was. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Oh, 
Yeah, I, I don't even have a better answer. I think we may have to just, you know what? When we go to Vegas for Triple G Canelo too, you and I need to corner Oscar, get him on the podcast, and spend the whole time talking about that. All right. Just talk. Just just making up stuff that that Martinez has said about him. Call, uh, you know. You know. Sergio thinks you're a diva. You're worse than Cotto. He had two words for you, uh, Oscar. Fish scales. Hit me up on the D. Hit him up on the D, Oscar. He's on. T- he wants to be on your D. Uh, no, that's we went the wrong. Uh, oh, no, oh, that's no. Oh, no, no, no. Hey, uh, Juan Hang uh <laughs> won that uh, straw negative weight division, hundred five pound world title defense. Uh, so it was like a Tuesday morning. Rafe, do we care? He's 51 and 0 with 18 KOs. He just passed Floyd in the record book. His name means crispy fried chicken. I mean, what the hell's going on here? I know we, we hyped this dude up, but he beat your guy from the Philippines, Taduan, the 21 year old Southpaw. Uh, we don't care, right? Do we care? I don't really care. I don't, no, no, not, not, honestly, I don't really care. I, I, again, I like the dwarf giant nickname. That's really funny. Um, good for him. But I, I've never seen. I've watched one of his fights because I just was curious, and it wasn't very interesting. Yeah, and do maybe that. someday it will be, but not, we're not there yet. Hey, Curtis Harper, that heavyweight who walked out of that PBC Friday Night card in Minnesota against—I'm uh, still not pronouncing this right—Effie Ajagba. We have a yeah, new. That sounds about We F-A have a Ajagba. new Muhammad Ali, and his name is Effie Ajagba. Uh, how did we not find that sound? By the way, people are DMing us. People are coming at us. Like, guys, get that sound already. We should probably call Richard Schaefer up and just get him to say it to us over the phone. Right? He probably will. He's not. He 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 might be there and and Golovkin Golovkin Canelo weekend. You know, it's well, gonna happen. We could get it. ESPN's Myron Medcalf, who what, normally covers what, like basketball or football or something. He I've was, seen the name. He was on the scene in Minnesota and did Poor a guy. Jeez. and did a news story on this. And essentially, ESPN obtained the copy of the fight contract, which Curtis Harper approved and signed for six thousand dollars. So we find out why he walked out of that fight. That's some like low level UFC type pay, by the way, six thousand dollars. But it gets. Well, but Brian, wait a minute, wait a minute. What? Who? Like this was not the kind of. How much would you have expected the opponent in a? It's a televised fight, dude. It's a televised it wasn't fight. The, it wasn't even the co-main. It was like an early. Was it a four, six round fight? What do I expect for a televised fight? I expect uh, for a heavyweight who's been on TV before. I expect thirty grand. I don't. I don't think that's realistic. Unfortunately, after I mean, when you look at the, these fight cards when they break down the purses. And after the the main and the co-main, it goes down quick. It gets ugly. Uh, so, but it got conf- is it- yeah. Go I mean, it got confusing from there because they talked to Sandra Rosenberg, who is the uh, I don't know the manager. Sweet, for sweet Harper. Sandra Rosenberg. Yeah, sweet, sweet Sandra admitted that her and her husband didn't know the fight was televised and that Harper was okay with it. Harper's saying that's not true, and then we find out who Harper's current promoter is, Rafe. Rick Glazer, he's back. Glaze is back, Rafe. Oh my God, this story gets weirder. We got a quote in it, direct quote. There's like, it turns into like an oral history of like, they even interviewed Nate Campbell. They interviewed one of the Charlo brothers, Ronnie Shields. All these people are like, Harper should retire and never fight again. And at the bottom of this weird mini oral history, which is part of this news story, this is a bizarre story, but check it out. We got Rick Glazer saying, you don't treat people like dog-ish and lie to them, con them, and treat them blatantly horrible. I think if Curtis had to do it all over again, he'd do the same thing. Quote the glaze, Rafe. Nevermore. If only is... he could have figured out Skype, we could have heard him on Ring Theory that time. Damn, Raskin. Oh, Come on, Raskin. Is 
is Curtis Harper now going to reveal the real pay-per-view numbers? Maybe this is all a slow play by Glazer to find the Mayweather-Guerrero pay-per-view numbers that uh, Espinosa's been hiding for a long-ass time. By the way, Harper closed the story by saying, if I could do it all over again, I wouldn't have even gotten on the plane. But I, I thank him for doing it. Like you said last week, he created his career moment right there. It isn't going to – this is more discussion of Curtis Harper than ever would have happened under any other circumstances. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing overall for us, for him, for the world – but that's what's going on. He, I heard him. He was talked about on mainstream sports podcasts and stuff because that clip just went viral. Oh, well, he, all, you know, 700,000 people can't be wrong that watch that YouTube clip. Anyway, Rafe, uh, Kovalev is – Sergey Kovalev is going to activate apparently his rematch clause against Elider Storm Alvarez who knocked him out in that – turned into a thrilling HBO Atlantic City fight. But the rumors coming out of people like Dan Raphael – is that HBO is not interested in ponying up that cash and main events is going to shop this fight around. So the, who knows if it's going to end up on inside of your zone, in the zone or if it's going to end up on ESPN. Who knows? But the larger point here, Rafe, the hell is going on at HBO? I know, uh, Peter Nelson was just on, uh, Chris Mannix's show and I don't, it's not, it, not the in this corner with Chris Maddox. I'm sorry, in this corner with Brian Campbell featuring Chris Mannix. Not that show, but the actual Chris Mannix podcast. And I didn't get a confident feeling after listening to that interview that HBO is going in the right direction. Like, they're in the Canelo Triple G pay-per-view game. They're in the Jaime Munguia game, by the way, because every HBO talent is, like, contractually obligated to tell you this is the next, like, I don't know, like Sugar Ray Robinson coming at you. Why the hell would they not buy this rematch, Rafe, when they've gone this long on the exclusive Kovalev train? Um, well... Let me give you the main event spin, which I read. Uh, Kathy Duva explained that. So it was basically that HBO didn't want to pay the contracted rematch price in, in, in their, whatever the paperwork they had. So by declining that option, they, HBO still has an option to match whatever else someone, whether it's PBC, if they're looking to take it to Showtime, if they're looking to take it to DAZN, wherever else this fight may land, HBO will still have the right to match that. But they're basically playing the game saying, well, we were going to pay X for this and maybe we don't have to pay X for this. We're going to open it up, see what others are willing to pay. And then we'll decide if we still want it after that. So that is the spin saying that this is just a business move. It very well still may end up on HBO. Don't worry, HBO subscribers. You're still going to get your Sergey because we know that's why all of HBO's, however, 40 million subscribers are, are really paying that hundreds of dollars a year. Stop paying it. Uh, wow. Anyway. Wow. I'm sorry. Editorial I'm, there from Rafe. First, you're talking I'm about gun control. I, I, I'm, I'm going for a full anarchist cookbook on this stuff, man. I'm sorry. It just, I have a little bit of that in me. I got, I want, I'm, I got a little bit of rooster in me. Wow. Uh, a little bit of traveler in me, a little bit of rooster in me. What can I, I say? More man. I have bigger huevos. Wow. Big ones there, Rafe. But uh, hey, shout out to Kovalev. Hi, my uh, boxing fans. Um, I, larger picture, Rafe, whether they pick up this fight or not, HBO not going, not going good here. And we talked about this in recent weeks where they're still presenting themselves as like steakhouse quality, but they're putting out flipping cheeseburgers, you know? Well, we know this. We've seen this. I, they have more or less explained it slash admitted it that HBO is changing its strategy about boxing. They are not 
going to be as invested in the sport as they have in the past, which I, is disappointing to probably every boxing fan our age and our generation or who's watched boxing in the last 20 years because HBO was the network for boxing, right? And it seems now they're comfortable no longer becoming that. They will opportunistically pursue huge events and and great fighters who they think they can sell or, on the other hand, sort of these smaller, cheaper, money-saving events, whether it be something like Superfly 3, which is a fun event I'm looking forward to as a fan, but clearly is something they targeted because, hey, we can put great fights on or potentially great fights on without paying great fight money for it. It's if that's their strategy, that's their strategy. I can't. We can't really argue with how they want to spend their money. And there's plenty of other. And and these fights are finding other places to go. It's kind of sad, of course, because we're just we're just conditioned, we're trained, we're used to seeing HBO as the gold standard in boxing. And if you have that brand awareness, why would you let that go? But maybe that brand awareness is still worth less money yeah, than it, one episode of Game of Thrones. Unfortunately, we're not seeing the 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 view, you know the receipts at the end of how many you know subscriptions they're bumping by giving us these fights that we can't used to care about. The problem for the boxing fan, of course, is it's a splintered market now. So you're used to be paying fifteen dollars to HBO, and now you have those fights that used to be on there are going four ninety nine on ESPN, nine ninety nine on the zone, et cetera, et cetera. Showtime though, which seemed in in a move to sort of counteract what the zone is doing, you saw that last week that announcement, Rafe, that they ponied up another three years with PBC. They made it formal, but they announced that they're like almost what, doubling the amount of cards they're gonna do? They're gonna do like thirty cards a year. There's gonna be a monthly PBC show. I don't know if that means the one the cards we used to see on FS one, like Curtis Harper walking out of a ring and somewhere in Minnesota, are gonna end up on Showtime. I don't know what this is gonna mean, but it it means they're increasing their budget, which is a good thing, because Showtime's number one right now. I think with a bullet. They're they're putting on the best cards, best overall production announced team. I like what I'm getting from Showtime these days. Yeah, no, it, it, look, we have to be appreciative of the money in the sport. It's a good thing. It's good for the sport. It's, and I remember earlier this year when Showtime did that upfront thing, you know, look, these presentations are kind of BS to me. I mean, it's a lot of, it's a lot of jacking, if you ask me. <laughs> However, they made some good points and I appreciated Steven Espinosa going up there and sort of debunking a lot of the myths of about boxing, about boxing fans and sort of showing, no, 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 wait, boxing has a demonstrably large fan base that is used to paying for content that is passionate, will show up at fights, will support this sport. And it's younger and more diverse than the fan bases of pretty much any other sport. So I, I appreciate them sort of being the flag bearers of that. That's that's an important thing, and, and it's cool to see them stepping up like that, both in the pocketbook and both in terms of, of you know, making noise for boxing being a sport that, that fans should take seriously and networks should take seriously. Yeah, yeah, I'm down with that. Speaking of HBO and what they do have coming, of course, we know, Rafe, we're a little bit over a week away from Triple G Canelo to September 15th, HBO pay-per-view Las Vegas. I will be there. You will be there. The ITC will be there. We'll try to get some good sound for the people. Big names, small names, gross names in between. But uh, what's been going on in the headlines, Rafe, uh, in terms of this fight? We've seen a lot of, like, Oscar telling Triple G he's not American. What the heck's going on? I don't, what, I don't, what am I I don't dig too deep because it's all a lot of flimsy BS to me. But what do you got for me? Well, where, where, do, where do you want to start, Brian? Do you want to start with National Anthem Gate? Go for it. 
All right. Well, give me the real. Oscar... Give me the true. Give me the true. What do you got here? Uh, you, you, you can't handle my true. You're not, uh, hold on, you're not ready for true. He knows I speak true. You know, if he ready for true, please, he don't, don't finish with fake, come back. Yeah, whatever that means, right? Yeah. Go ahead. No, no more fake friends. Uh, I don't, look, Brian, it's, this is one of the manufactured controversies in the last, in, in the entire Canelo Triple G rematch, what hullabaloo, uh, they are – Oscar said that K2 and Golovkin's team requested that the anthems not be played during the HBO pay-per-view broadcast. So I guess basically sometime before the sh- the, the big show begins, right? The, after the un- – after the – after the non-pay-per-view undercards, sometime around 6 o'clock in the evening at, uh, in Las Vegas or something like that. That's when they're saying it would – they would play the anthem. Uh, and I guess this was something that offended Oscar. I, look, I, we, we're, we're Anthem fans here. We like to see the flutes come out. I actually, one of my favorite parts of any big Vegas fight that has a, a, an important Mexican or Mexican American fighter or whenever the Mexican anthem is played in front of a big pro Mexican crowd in Vegas is one of the best moments you can witness in a boxing ring. I think, I mean, the anthem is so, powerful and yes. i don't i don't speak spanish i don't you know this is not like i have a personal connection to it but it is very hard to not just get sort of swept up in that passion and 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 the entire crowd going crazy so i i appreciate i like when they do that do i care if it's on tv or not not really but again we get more silly moments we get more we get more R. Kelly singing the Steppers version of the national anthem before the Bernard Hopkins fight. Uh, we get more, you know, Argentine flutes. We get all the kinds of weird stuff that happens when, when you do that televised right before the fight. I think the Golub is like, look, we just want this to be, 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 to be. Oh, wow. Sounds like you're rapping there. You're sounding, you had a little audio trouble. Sounds like a remix. Wicked, 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 wicked. What were you saying? You just want what, Rafe? Jesus. Well, what we're saying, Brian, I think the Golovkin team is saying that they want to just get on with the fight. They're not trying to get in the get warmed up, get in the ring, and then have to listen to 15 minutes of singing because it would be three anthems. Uh, and, and that makes sense. But at the same time, shoot, that's what a big fight is, right? Yes. I'm kind of on Oscar's side here. This is a big fight. Let it feel like a big fight. Treat it like a big fight. They just touch gloves. You don't gotta touch gloves again, Brian. I'm ready. I'm not ready for fake. I'm only ready for true right now. He knows I'm very true guy, and I know my true, and he knows he's true, and he's not ready for true. I mean, Triple G's publicist, the great Fred Sternberg, who I love, is constantly sliding into our emails trying to give us some, some, you know, did you see this? Did you see this? Did you see what Al Bundy said on the Rich Eisen radio show? You gotta hear this cringeworthy audio if you haven't, speaking of that. Which fighter are you invested well, in? Well, you know, it's funny because we have this Canelo fighter yeah. uh, fight coming up yes. with, uh, with the Triple G. And, uh, early on I was a big Canelo fan. You know, I was much more, I liked him much more than I liked anybody else. Mm-hmm. Now, not so much. I, the, the drug failure stuff and then the, also the, I don't know, his attitude seems to have changed somewhat. He's, he's a heel! Arrogant. Okay. Uh, the Russian, I think, is is Aww. more to my liking. Okay. Now, whether or not it plays out in the ring, I think the Russian definitely won the first fight. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it didn't blow him out, but I thought he won it. Right. So we'll see. 
So when it comes on, you will be... I'll watch it. By yourself. By myself. Nobody else. Glass of wine. Okay. Is there- Rafe, what was the saddest moment of that clip? Was it... Um- Al Bundy, when he lost me because he called Triple G the Russian, was it Rich Eisen pretending he had a clue what was going on, or was it uh, Ed O'Neill describing how he has to watch these fights alone with a glass of wine? By the way, he's real good friends with Mark Kriegel. Do you remember that show they used to do together called Barfly on Fox Sportsnet? It was actually really good. They would sit in a, in a restaurant and eat and have guests like Dana White and like Larry Holmes and stuff and, and just talk. It was actually pretty good. I'll, I'll give him that. But that was that was a little that was a little. Uh, like, Fred sends it to us so we can see Al Bundy turning on Canelo, but all we take away from that is, like, why are we listening to this? That was more or less my takeaway. Look, we got to give a little respect to Ed O'Neill because he is in Southern California, and I think in the United States, kind of one of the early adherents of Brazilian jiu-jitsu yes. leading to MMA, right? I mean, he, back in the 80s or something, started training with which whoever the first the Gracie Gracies, to come yeah. to. The first Gracie to come over to, to Southern California was he was one of his first disciples. So he's, he's about combat sports, but no, this was not very interesting. And, you know, I, I just spent the whole time thinking about, you know, various married with children lines, the, the great movie Dutch. Uh, great movie. The- <laughs> Dutch is a great, it's almost planes, trains and automobiles level great. And like no one's ever seen it. It's weird. Oh, I've seen it. You know, you got to pick that kid up from military school. Was that the who? Who did that dude become? Who was who? Who played that kid? That I cannot tell. Is that the you. can't hardly he... wait kid? Oh my god! Is that Ethan Embry or something? Yeah, was that Ethan Embry in that movie? My Wi-Fi is so slow. This is really good. Yeah, it was Ethan Embry. So who? Did, who was Ethan Embry? Yeah, Damn. that's the same guy, right? I in, in he was in Dutch. He's the he's the boy in Dutch. He is the boy in Dutch. So he became the kid. That dude's only forty. That guy's the same age. He's got a bad hairline right now. Yeah, he was in Can't Hardly Wait. Um, did his career end there? Empire Records. Empire Records is another. I still have that on VHS. That's another one. That, see, Rafe, now you're touching my 90s feel hole right here. This is great. This is, you know, he was in uh Batman Beyond. I don't remember that. But, uh, yeah, Vegas Vacation, that thing you do. Oh, he was my God. Good he, he's Nick do. Papa Giorgio. Yeah. I forgot. Oh, I love Nicholas Papa Giorgio. Dude, he had a good run there in the 90s of movies I really cared about. Did you see Disturbing Behavior? I missed that one. Oh, I think I saw it, but I forgot it. Man, did this – all oh, right, he was I'm in Harold and Kumar as well. All right, all right. This guy had a good run until he. You got me thinking about the '90s and being a teenager and watching watching Vegas Vacation and and almost got a little bit of a, a little bit of Grisham line out of me about the about about his sister in that film. Oh, wow, wow. Hey, uh, Rafe, that'll wrap up Triple G talk. Because by the way, in reality, there's nothing to talk about. Let's just see them fight. I want the truth. That's all I want. Uh, speaking of fights, we want to see, uh, should we be scared that Fury Wilder hasn't been announced with a date yet? I'm trying not to get I'm scared. I'm a little scared. I'm a little scared. I'm trying not to get scared. We know what Tyson won't do. I'm not pulling out nothing. It's on like Donkey Kong. He's not going to pull out of anything, Rafe. Anything at all. So hide, hide your wives, hide your, uh, hide your family. But, um, I just hope that, uh, we're going in the right direction here, Rafe. I really do. Yeah, if that – well, the thing is he's not going to pull out of nothing. He doesn't pull out. But if that is not uh, – what's the word? Uh, you get married and you uh, – it starts with a C. It's, I'm totally blank with you. Con- consummate? Yeah, yeah. If they have not consummated that relationship, then See, he doesn't there's nothing call to pull con- out from yet, oh, right? Oh, wow. He doesn't call it consummate. He just calls it bang. Bang. See you later. Left, right, <laughs> good night. Ah. All right, Rafe. It's weekend preview time, which doubles as Rafe Bartholomew – do you care? Are you ready? Are you fired up? You got it? You with me on this? 
My care hole is on fire, oh. Brian. I'm ready. Wow. Wow. Wow, Floyd Sr. Man, your ass is too frail. You go, and you're going to find it out, too. I'm just telling you. Trust and believe me, you're going to find it out. They got the same mind. We just decoded it. So Floyd Sr. talking to Connor goes, you're going to find out. You basically said you're going to get the, the raw dog, the real deal, right? That's basically. You take the real one. This is what I asked This is what you're going to get. You're going to get this. That's what I want. The that's real. like father like son right there, right? This ain't Birdo. That's, that's years of handing down the raw dog. This ain't Birdo. Oh, man. We just, wow, there's a connection there. That's gross. All right, Friday from Chella, Chelyabinsk, Russia. Isn't that um, Kovalev's hometown? Yeah, yeah, Chelyabinsk. Chelyabinsk, Russia. Main event, 12-round lightweights, Zaurur Abdulayev versus hammering Hank Lundy. Do you care, Ray? <laughs> yes, uh, you, you brought me back in with, with hammering Hank. Uh, it, good, I'm curious to see. I think the last time I watched a Lundy fight was when he was getting his soul taken by Bud Crawford. So uh, I hope he's still got a little enough soul left to win in Chelyabinsk. Didn't he just fight uh, Chop Chop Corley on, on televised like Atlantic City special did, that we yeah. should have seen? Yeah, yeah. Um, that sounds about par for the course. He's only 34, Rafe. I mean, he's hella washed, but, right, 29-6-1, he's got to be hella washed. Did he just – man, I got to get better Wi-Fi if I want to do a, a – if I want to do a podcast and not prepare, I got to get better Wi-Fi. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah, he just beat Coralie. He's actually on a three-fight win streak since that Bud fight. Nobody cares, but the co-main Rafe is a cruiserweight fight that I think you're going to care about. Do you know this already? Do you know what's coming your way right now? I glanced earlier, but I don't, I'm blanking out. Dennis Rubadub Lebedev. Oh yes. Against Heinze Altunkaya. Ten rounds, Rafe. Do you care? You know I am in on all things Rubadub. Uh I you know what? I that I was disappointed that Lebedev did not make it into WBSS cruiserweight season two. He seems like a perfect candidate. He's the he's like the WBC champion emeritus something. They gave him some fake title champion for the ages. Like your Russian promoter paid us a bunch, so we're just going to let you hold this fake belt for a while. Uh, I wanted to see him in the real cruiserweight tournament, but shoot, any rub-a-dub activity is good for me, especially when they set him up in Russian squash matches. We've seen some funny results in that. We've seen some scary results when they set him up against gigantic, juiced-up Panamanians like Guillermo Jones. Uh, but Rub-A-Dub, I mean, you know, I love that he's trained by Marvin Samodio and Freddie Roach. Marvin really, you know, the, the five-foot flat Filipino trainer who, who works with Freddie out of the wild card. And, and to see him catching the gloves, uh, catching the bitch with, <laughs> with, with giant 200-pound Lebedev, it's just a charming look. I've been following Marvin's Instagram stories out there in Russia this week. He's having a blast, taking dips in the hot springs, kind of just nodding along as people speak Russian to him. It's going to be a great day. Wow. Hey, Saturday, Bendingo, Australia on ESPN+. Plus. Rafe, this may pull you back in. The main event, Andrew Maloney versus Luis Concepcion, 10 rounds, junior bantamweights. I don't care. Do you? El Nica. I'm, I like El Nica. I don't really care, but I might watch Concepcion versus Hernan Marquez again just to feel the feels. Oh, wow. I like that. But I like the co-main event because it's Tim Zhu versus Marcos Jesus Cornejo. Ten rounds junior middleweights. And Tim is the son of the great Costa Zhu, 23 years old, a junior middleweight, 10-0 and 0 with eight KOs, raised in Australia. I'm sure he's fired up, by the way. 
about that Jeff Horn, Anthony Mundine catchweight fight that they're working on right now down in Australia where they're going to meet somewhere in between Bantamweight and heavyweight because, uh, you know, Mundine can shapeshift. But do you care about, uh, 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 please be nice to me. Please, please don't be me. Please don't be rude to me. Timmy Zoo coming in here. You know, you're going to accuse me of being rude to you, but no, I don't give two craps about wow. this. I'm not, I don't, I'm, wake me up when Tim Zoo is, is a legit prospect. If he, if he, if he shows some shades of his dad, wake me up. Wow. Before you. I want to see him against Fabian Maidana. Yes, brother. I'd, I'd like to see a brother tournament. We'll get, uh. Well, he's not a brother. He's a son versus yeah, a brother. Yeah, it's all but relative. We'll get Matthew relatives. Hatton, Frank Stallone. We'll get a lot of these washed. Ozzy Bobby Canseco, o, yeah. Bobby, Bobby O, Pacquiao. It's not a low blow. It's not the blow. It's not the blow blow. Uh, Rafe, Saturday, Inglewood, up to no good. California, your backyard, Rafe. Where do you live? Watts? Close enough, right? <laughs> yeah, and northeast, northeast LA, aka Watts. Uh, anyway, uh, Superfly 3 on HBO. The main event, Juan Francisco Estrada against Felipe Oracuda. We also have Donnie Nietis, def- uh, facing Aston Palique, Palique for the vacant WBO junior bantamweight title. Kazuto Ioka versus McWilliams Arroyo, 10 rounds junior bantamweights. There's a women's championship out on the undercard that I'm sure you don't care about. Rafe, take away my boxing hardcore card all you want. Call up Cliff Rold. Get Adam Abramowitz on line one. I don't really care about this card, like, at all. Do I want to see JFE? Yes, I love me some Estrada, okay? I know this game. I love me some Estrada. Tell me why I should care, because this is the third card. The first two, fantastic. The third one, where's Choco? I'm not getting much here, Rafe. I, look, you want Ch- Ch- we know where Chaco is. You're going to see Chaco in one week. He'll also be on HBO pay per view. So don't you know? Don't don't be too harsh. All right, be be gentle. Look, I agree. When I saw this lineup, I first thought, you know, maybe this is hashtag sort of fly. Right? This is not that super, but. Also, we don't know a lot of these guys. You know, we are not the the little man hardcores. That's not that's not how we roll. So, and one thing we have seen over the years is that these little men they come in and and perform. They put on great fights even when you've never seen them fight before. You the the the, the likelihood of being surprised and catching a great fight between these you know the superfly 115 112 pound guys is usually pretty good. I mean, that's how I, that's how I discovered Juan Francisco Estrada, right? Because he was fighting on a on a Brian Veloria undercard against Chocolatito. And, I, and it was like, damn, this guy is legit. On Wealth um, TV, brother. <laughs> I believe that was a BN Sports. I think that was Wealth. I think that was Mark Abrams and Larry Holmes on the call for Wealth. It was Larry Holmes. Okay, it's a Wealth job. Um, anyway, look, so so we, the, these guys, even when you don't know them, they deliver good fights. So does it have the sexiness of a card that had, you know, uh, Srisaket Sorungvisai and Chocolatito close to his prime before, the, before he was getting washed by SSR or some of these other names? No, but – Shoot, I'm willing. I'm going to give them a chance because I know these guys. I, 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 these guys show up. These guys deliver. These guys give us the goods. So even if it doesn't have the panache on paper, uh, it's just it, there's something there. I want to see what happens. No panache, no flair, no show. Waste the money. Uh, Rafe, you know what I wish they would have done instead of this? To be honest with you, do you know what HBO did really well on last year, which was a bad year for them as a channel? 
the, the 130-pound division making wars. There were plenty of fight of the year contenders that involved Orlando Salido, Mickey Roman, Miguel Burchelt. Isn't there a fourth guy that was part of those that I missed? There's, there was just, can we just see a, a, uh. El Bandito is very, yeah, uh, Francisco you know. Vargas. Can yeah. we just match all those guys in, in round robin order against each other again on the same card? Is that hard? I mean, it sounds like they're making Burchelt Roman, except it's going to be a DAZN fight, or or I'm, not on HBO. I'm in DAZN. I'm ready. All right. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, so I'm an expense that, that 9.99. You better believe that. I'm ready. I'm ready for that hot beef injection. Rafe, Saturday night. I care about this card. I will be there. There's rumors that you might be there. Confirm. I might be there. I don't know. I don't know. I can't. I can't confirm. All right, I, I want to give away your personal life. I don't want our, our listeners to track you down and, and Alex Godinez standing over you in a tub holding your kidney. I don't want that to be the end game here, Rafe. With, okay. with the, we know that the guy going to take it. my kidney is Nico Macias. All right, it's going to be up there in Tehachapi. They're going to sell it to some mountain men. I don't even make soup out of it. All right, Barclays, Brooklyn, Showtime, fired the hell up. Sean Porter, Danny Garcia. The loser's bracket of the Keith Thurman tournament. They'll fight for Thurman's vacant WBC welterweight title. This is the real Rafe. It's a damn good real fight. Pretty much 50-50-ish on paper. I'm fired the hell up. We had these guys on the show a couple weeks ago. There's nothing bad I can say about this, Rafe. I'm expecting action. I'm expecting war because we know Sean Porter's style. In fact, you sent me this great soundbite last month from the brother Nazim telling you about how you deal with Porter. With Sean Porter, you got to get your shotgun out and you got to start shooting when you get on your lawn. Because if you get on your steps and get on your porch and get in that front door, Okay, even if you get him back outside, he's going to do some damage. So you got to get to him early, man. This guy's a monster. Do we see, got to see some kind of... Rafe, he will be up in that A all night, and we know Danny can punch. Give me your expectations. Give me something here, because I, I, I was ringside for Thurman Garcia. I'm fired up for this. This is going to be a better fight than that one, Rafe. I hope so. I am talking myself into this blossoming into a great style matchup, because it... We see the sort of bum-rushing style of Sean Porter, where he is going to be touching some Ds, some Ss, and some Gs, right? Wow. He may be even touching some Twins. No, 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 no. Hey, 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 oh, this, no, is, no, this no, is this no, is Danny's no. moment. Come on. Yeah, well, um, maybe it's his sister's moment. I don't know. You got to talk to Sean Porter about that. Anyway. Um, wow. Wow. That's an ultimate sack for you. <laughs> <laughs> you you got to get the fluffy one. You got to get the one with extra fur. Wait, you were talking uh, about Danny's sister? What is this, Ray Pop Hour? Get out of here. Brian, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just here to talk about Jim Gray and Danny Garcia. Uh, um, look, Porter is going to come in there and and do Sean Porter things. And and the way their styles may match up with Danny Garcia's counterpunching, his timing, his power, going to show us – Things we haven't really seen in Sean Porter fights because I think of Garcia as a better version of Adrian Broner in some ways. You know, he's, he's he doesn't have great activity, but very good timing, very very you know in ways uh, great good sense in the ring, smart boxing. You know, he he knows how to take care of himself. He knows how to land his shots. And we you know you think of that twelfth round left hook that dropped Sean Porter against Broner. That's the money punch for Danny Garcia. Can he time him coming in? Can he catch him with something like that? And I actually, Broner didn't time him catching in, catch, coming, didn't time Porter catching, catching coming in. Good lord. No, it's your bull. It's actually, it's your bull. 
Oh my God. He didn't catch Broner coming in. He kind of, you know, fainted him and then caught him quickly while, while Porter was frozen. But anyway, that timing that, that encounter punching that Garcia has, I'm hoping is really going to, to mesh beautifully and, and come out with a, a really fun, exciting, back and forth, high level fight. Uh, the bad version of that, Brian, is if we get the Danny Garcia we saw against Mauricio Herrera yes. or Lamont Peterson, the guy who's willing to just sort of stand there and not be active. But I don't think Sean Porter is going to let him do that. Well, hey, Sean Porter, this ain't Porto, number one. We know that, right? This is Danny Garcia. But at the same time, Danny Garcia ain't Keith Thurman. So he's not going to be able to quick feet circle away. He's going to have to dig into the trenches and, as Max Kellerman would say, discipline Sean Porter. So because of that, I think this will be a more exciting fight than Garcia Thurman, or even Thurman Porter, because the element in both those fights was Thurman can really box, and he's not afraid to play backpedal, play Oscar in the late rounds against Tino Trinidad if he has to. Danny doesn't have that luxury, ultimately. He's going to have to stand in early and trade, so we're going to get fun fireworks. I think ultimately there are problems for Sean Porter, though, Rafe, and the biggest problem is that Danny Garcia can really punch, maybe even more than Keith Thurman, and... Danny Garcia rises to the occasion in big fights. He'll leave the back door open against Herrera, right? He brings it to another level. As much as I thought Thurman did enough to beat him, you got to give Danny credit for almost backdooring a decision there in that split decision loss. Like he, Thurman took his foot off the gas. I went back and rewatched that. Danny was really tough down the stretch of that fight. He didn't give up. He stuck to his game plan. So Rafe, while he's not Thurman, he can't beat Porter the way Thurman did. I think you can take a little bit of what Thurman did, a little bit of what Kel Brook did, and be all about counterpunching, be all about accuracy, but you have to hurt Porter early, or he's going to be breaking into your field hole, sniffing your wife's underwear, like, go, you know, like, he's going to be doing some gross things in there. And I think Danny's, like, the, almost the worst, the worst type of matchup for, for a Porter in that regard. We always think to beat a Porter, you got to be quick, you got to get out of the way. Well, you got to be able to hurt him. And Danny, man, the, the dude can punch. Yeah, no, I, that's that's how I'm envisioning things. And, uh, man, I, I kind of hope it works out that way because I don't think Porter's, you know, Porter has a pretty good chin. We've only seen him down the one time. We haven't seen him hurt too much. We Remember against Sean Porter, against Keith Thurman, a couple of the hooks that he just ate in that fight were monstrous. They were vintage one-time shots, except they didn't. there was no one-time coming after that. So, I look, I want to see it play out that way, and I think you're right. And, and look, the book on Porter, for as good as he is and how consistent he is, that a, a, when he rises to a higher class of fighter, usually the class shows, or that's been the story. And But the interesting thing about Danny Garcia is we don't – it's a little bit harder to say definitively that Danny Garcia is that class. You know, there are the people who've always believed in Dan. Danny is elite. He just knows how to win. There's also the naysayers, which I have been over the years, thinking I've never been totally convinced. He always just seems to squeak, escape with the win that he sort of maybe doesn't quite deserve. Going all the, the way Zab back Judah to Holt, man. Yeah, in the Zeb Judah fight too. It's like he kind of escaped with that. So it'll be, you know, we're going to, we're going to find, we're going to see who's true. We're going to find out the truth. Sean Porter's problem is, is he's not the bigger puncher in this fight. If Sean Porter could punch, 
he'd be Shane Mosley, right? Like he's kind of a poor yeah. man Shane Mosley in a way. He'd be Shane Mosley if he could punch. We'd be talking about a Hall of Famer on the way. He's a really good fighter, but it's interesting. What he remember when I pushed him in that interview on the show, and he wouldn't reveal the the game plan, but he basically said, "You're going to see me do something to to Danny Garcia that's never that he's never faced before." I'm wondering if Sean Porter's really. Well, you already said that he's going to be sniffing. Danny's wife's underwear that's in a true. home invasion. So that's probably we. I haven't seen that. I don't know on you, but I haven't seen that yet. I, I just. <laughs> oh man, I love when brothers bang. Him and his brother used to bang it out all the time. Now. Uh, Rafe, uh, what I'm saying here is that you think there's any chance Porter is looking at what Lamont Peterson did? And by the way, Lamont was smart. For six rounds, he boxed from the outside and exposed. Danny's lack of movement, and then for the final six rounds, was up in that ass, like Jamie Foxx would say, and backing him up. Will Porter try to basically reprint that blueprint? But will he try to box too much that he's going to end up losing rounds? Because Danny can box. He's an excellent counterpuncher. He's an excellent technician. We don't give him the credit because he's sort of warning track power in every category, right? So that's always been the, the negativity against Danny. But I don't know, man. I don't see a lot of outs. For Sean Porter, even though this is, like I said at the top, kind of a 50-50 fight. They're both elite talents. When you really start getting into the fine print, I don't see a lot of avenues for Sean Porter to win unless he can package knockdowns. Yeah, I would, well, I would say the avenue, and I don't, I don't necessarily, it's not how I see the fight necessarily playing out, but it is the avenue for Sean Porter to win is how he wins other fights, right? He's, I, I don't think it's by, switching up his style by trying to do a version of the Lamont Peterson performance, which was good, but Lamont Peterson can do that in a way that I don't know if Sean Porter can. And generally speaking, it never seemed, it, it's, it's rarely a good idea for a fighter to come into a big fight trying to do something he has never done before or has never done before at a high level. It just doesn't, it, you know, you're better off being yourself, even if, yeah, there are some, you know, when you, when you match up who is Sean Porter and who is Danny Garcia in the ring, you see some reasons to think that Garcia probably has the edge in this fight. But I still think Porter's best option is to be himself, to go in there, fight with all that energy, fight with all that stamina. Danny doesn't like to push the pace like that. He'll have to eat some shots and maybe, maybe he loses doing that, but it still gives him the chance to win rounds, to maybe hurt Danny, to put Danny, you know, to, to drag him into some deep waters that, that Garcia doesn't particularly love to be in. Uh, I think that's his best way to do it. He might, it may not work out, but he's, he's got to take that chance. I don't think trying to box Garcia from the outside is going to work for Sean Porter. You know, they did ask Angel and he ultimately thinks the difference is he doesn't think Team Porter has enough structure. They don't have, they don't have structure. They're not structure. You gotta live structure, life. It's like you got a million dollars. You can't have a million dollars living in the bank. Just sitting in the bank account, because what happens is the bank crashes, you only get 200,000. You gotta structure your money. You gotta put in investment, smart investment, federal investments. So the money's making money. Same thing. You gotta live structure. They don't have a structure. They're not structured. That's why it's confusing them. But they never been through this. It's new to them. I think by calling him a bozo, he's essentially telling them. He's saying this is maybe the first time Porter's touching these kind of M's. But I think his joke there about structure kind of plays into the game plan as well. Porter's wild and crazy. And if you can tame the wild and crazy and lack of structure, 
you can win rounds and you can beat them, but you need to be elite. I think Danny is. I think Danny always impresses us when he needs to. Let's not forget what he did against Lucas at that version of Lucas, right? So my prediction, Rafe, is we see action. We see Porter getting up off the deck at least once. And we see a close but clean decision for Danny Garcia in one hell of a fight in Brooklyn. What do you got? Brian, I think you just gave us some Einstein there. I think you just went full angel on us. Gave us some Einstein, some deja vu. Uh, yeah, no, to tell you the truth, I, I, I agree. I don't even need to add anything to that. I'm thinking Garcia by decision. Also, I'll just add that who has the track record of getting the gift decisions in this in this matchup it's Danny Garcia so if it's a close fight he seems to be the guy who's always gotten the bigger push from whether it's Showtime or Al Heyman PBC whoever Golden Boy back when he's fighting with them whatever whatever the story is there Garcia has always had good luck in the world and I think if he needs some it may show up for him again in this fight but I I, I really do see him winning a competitive but close decision and this co-main event, Rafe, sadly, I do not care about. Tell me why I should. Ordenis Ugas versus Cesar Baranovo, a WBC welterweight eliminator. You barking up the wrong tree, Brian Campbell, because I don't care. All right. I do care about the opener on this card because you know we like him extra sloppy. Polish barbarian Adam Konaki going to bring his caveman style against former champion of the world, Prince Charles Martin, you may remember him from Al Heyman getting him a title shot even though he beat absolutely nobody. And then they served him up to Anthony Joshua for a few million. Rafe, this could be fun. Absolutely. I mean, Kalnatsky is fun as heck. I, you, we've already seen him a few times sending Wash Spilka to hell. Uh, you know, he just comes in there and smacks people. Around. He just throws those bombs, lets his hands go. It's going to be interesting. I don't know what Charles Martin has left. If he, you know, what this comeback is about. Uh, Kalnatsky is the kind of guy that's going to make him show us real quick if, if he's serious about this comeback. And either way, it's going to be fun. If it's short, it's going to be fun. If it turns into a good fight, then great. I'll take it. All right. Do you, I don't think you care about this women's title bout. I got to give credit to Amanda Serrano. We don't often care about her. Ludabella loves her. He promotes her. She's going to be fighting Yamilia Esther Reynoso for a vacant junior welterweight title. And I think it's her attempt at titles in six weight divisions. Is that true? Sounds great to me. Should we care? A little yeah, more good for this. her. I, 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 a great. I, I think that Amanda Serrano is going to accomplish something great this weekend. Oh, that's so so well well played, even keeled. PC, you're not you're not pulling Teddy Atlas there. You're not telling her. Yeah, yeah, you go go get me. A, you know, we're it's 2018. Okay, it's past that. We know what happens. 2018. You can't say inappropriate things. You can't even think them. And we also know what used to happen in 2013. Athletes sleep with a lot of women. It's 2013. That's what we do. Straight up, that's what they do. Rafe, to close here, uh, Birmingham, England. I don't think there's a U.S. TV on this because Zone isn't launching until September 10th. And I'm sure Showtime will announce any minute now that they're going to stream it on their Facebook page, which would be cool if they did. But it's Amir Khan versus Samuel Vargas, 12 rounds welterweight. It's Khan's second comeback bout. Vargas was the guy that Danny Garcia sent to hell in a stay busy. Not this, not the other Sammy, not the two scoop Sammy Vargas, the other. Not your bull. Not, not the Sammy Vargas who got sent to hell by Luis Colazzo. No, this, this is the, the other. It's got to be your Vargas. Uh, so, you know, I don't, you just sent that, uh, Phil LoGreco down with one punch. Uh, wake me when he's, when he's ready to actually lose his chin again. Right, Rafe? Yeah, look, there's not a very exciting fight, but it's Amir Khan. We want to pay attention to it. He's in talks 
fortunately or unfortunately for perhaps facing Manny Pacquiao sometime uh, early next year or who knows when. If At some point in time, Khan will be in another big fight because he's got a big name and he's still pretty good and he's got a great trainer in Joe Goosen. Yes. Shout out to the uh, – not the Irish Ken crew. Goose boys. What is Goosen? Is he Irish? No, he's not part of the Irish crew, right? I don't know. The, the denim crew. We didn't get. We didn't shout them out last week. So let me just give you one little, you know. Okay, Gypsy Boys. Okay, the Irish crew. Hey, uh, Here we go. Rising. Right punches like Mike Tyson. Here we go, yo. Punch up. Let Mike go from Bruno. Rafe, do you care about the co-main Jason Wellborn, Tommy Lankford for the British middleweight title? Come on, come on. That one, no. I mean, Tommy Lankford. I will just remember him as the the last man to to get flattened by the the great five foot four middleweight contender of Tandil Kurtzidze before Kurtzidze was tried and convicted of being involved in a Russian mafia racketeering scam. scam. Uh, I believe he was recently stabbed in prison. It's been downhill for Avtandil, but man, he sent Langford to hell real good. Do you think Al Bundy referred to him as that Russian after seeing that fight? He's Georgian, goddammit. By the way, that interview with Rich Eisen went on to have Al Bundy break down the Conor McGregor-Habib Nurmagomedov fight that UFC is doing on October 6th, and he said, I think that Russian will win. So I think it's all, they're just, you know... The guy, whatever, he's old, right? Hey, Rafe, Ryan Kelly's going to fight Kelsey Ball, a junior middleweight fight, 10 rounds. You won't be seeing. And the plasterer for the local council. But Kelsey Ball might be close enough. Do you care about Ryan Kelly yet? I kind of care, yeah. He's got, you know, I something surprising. A friend of mine who's not a boxing fan, he's actually a, a radio host in the Philippines, is very popular. He asked me about Ryan Kelly, and I was like, how the heck do you hear about this guy, this British welterweight prospect. He's like, yeah, but I get a lot of, a lot of the girls who call into my show are sending, are asking me about him because he's so good looking. And so he's got, you know, that pretty boy act, it, it, it sells, it sells tickets. It moves product early, well before guys have earned anything. So, uh, and he's got fast hands. He's flashy. I, he's, I don't know if eventually he's going to get exposed, but you know, eventually everybody gets exposed. All right. We all That's get fair. exposed. I've, I've, I've exposed myself many times on this show. Sam Eggington's going to fight Hassan Moanquino. Uh, I mean, Sam took Pauly. Sam sent Pauly to retirement for, you know, for good. We mean, boxing is full of shit, man. I used to love it too, Rafe. Uh, you don't care about Sam. Man. Can we close? Can we get out of here, Rafe? You don't care about that. Oh, fight. I care about one. There's, there's a guy down there on the undercard. The British, the, the European lightweight, or he's a British lightweight champion, Lewis the Sandman Ritson. Oh, wow. Keep an eye on this dude. We don't know if he's actually good, but he's, he's in that class of European heavy handed bangers. He likes to bang. He bangs it out whether you're his brother or not. He has a couple first round stoppages this year. He's got four stoppage wins already in 2018. Uh, he's just blowing people out. He's kind of like my guy, the European welterweight champion, the Span- the Spaniard, the Basque bomber, Carmen Leheraga. Oh my god. Uh, but these right these now? obscure Euro punchers with bad tattoos I'm into that. That's that's a cool aesthetic. Although, like except when they get a little too um a little too skinheady. But these guys don't go in that direction. <laughs> so 
Um, you know, these aren't the, the MMA skinhead that Bob Arum was telling you about. These are just good old fashioned, tatted up <laughs> British. All right, I got to stop. I'm talking myself out of this when I tried to start <laughs> to talk myself into it. This guy's a fun fighter. He's got heavy hands. I'm keeping my eye on him. Lewis Ritson. Are a bunch of skinhead white guys watching people in the ring who are also look like skinhead white guys. Hello, Grandpa. Hello. Hello, Grandpa. How are you doing? <laughs> How are you today? Your son, the Royals. Oh, I'm a boxing fan. <laughs> Ready to close. Zagreb, Croatia. Do you care on Saturday? A 10-round heavyweight bout. Philippe Ergovic versus Amir Mansour. Yes! Mmm. Mmm. That's pretty tasty. Yeah, Ergovic is supposed to be... I think he's that... I think he's, I've seen him fight on some undercards. He's, he's a, he's a prospect. Some people like him. You know, I'm always in for Amir Mansour, man. I, I, I will hope for the best for that. I, I was rooting so hard for him against Dominic Brazil when he, Boobs. when he got the early knockdown against Booz Brazil and was in that blood and guts war had to, had to, this fight had to be stopped in, in between rounds because he had bit his tongue down so hard that like he was choking on blood. Amir Mansour, you're, 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 you were great for however many fights we saw you. I hope to see this one too. And your guy Ergovic, 5-0 and with four KOs. He's 26-year-old, 6'6", out of Croatia. I'm going to be watching this guy. I'm going to try to get a stream of this, try to find whatever. I always wonder who actually stays uh, this long into the show. We're like 90 minutes into the show. We're about to wrap it up. Do people actually get this far in the show, Rafe? I I get this far in the show, Brian. At least one of us does. All right, all right, all right. Thank you very much. Shout out to uh, all of our passionate listeners, including Alex Godinez, last year's listener of the year. Rafe uh, is making a run at it this year. I'm sure. I just may have made that up, but uh, uh, you, you know, we got a lot of passionate listeners. Rafe, they like, they love, they love the uh, the performance enhancing audio, and we wouldn't do this without them because that's how men roll. That's how men deal. That's how men roll. He ain't a man. Amen. Hey, Rafe, um, people are going to buy your book. They're going to watch boxing this weekend. Do you, you want to tell them anything else? Really? All I want to tell them, Brian? Can I, can I tell them two words? That, well, going right to it. Go right to it, Rafe. Unless you want, and I don't know if you have any more on gun control, conspiracies, school shootings, anything like that. All right. Because you asked for it, let me give you, let me, let me give you this Einstein, Brian. Yeah. We out.